Hey guys, um, in this episode we will be discussing um, suicidal ideation. Um, so please, 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 um, if you if it's something that will particularly trigger you, please do not listen any further. Um, you can always scroll down the feed to listen to something else if you'd like. Green dots. That was that was interesting. Oh, that show. <laughs> I was like, I've just worked through this at work. I'm going through this again. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. And welcome to the Odyssey of a Hundred Pistols. Today, we are talking about the final two episodes of Rain Dogs and joining me once again oh my god she's doing a britney it's priscilla Priscilla, how are you doing are you ready that show has depressed me (laughs) oh my god the show um that wasn't necessary fun ride was it actually you know what Hold on to that, because that's exactly what I want to ask you. But before all of that, quick, quick, quick admin, guys. We are halfway through Yellow Jackets and Succession at this point. Um, So please check our coverage on those shows. Our coverage of Barry has just begun, so please check that out as well. Love and Death, the Elizabeth Olsen True Crime Limited series starts this week. We're going to be covering that as well. As usual, once the episode finishes airing on HBO Max, um, our podcast episode will be up. Um, is this cinema? Our new film podcast, hosted by Priscilla and Jess, is going to be debuting in a few days. So please, please, please check out our social media pages. Um, for that, please rate and review it on all podcast platforms. Subscribe, follow all of that stuff. Please also rate and review this podcast on all podcast platforms. Uh, okay, let's let's go straight into the depression. We're talking about Rain Dogs episodes seven and eight of what maybe season one i don't know um episode seven is titled you just haven't ended yet episode eight is titled this is not an exit that's a bit um a bit of a foreboding title which i didn't understand until after i watched the episode both are written by cash caraway and directed by richard laxton so what i'm gonna do priscilla i've decided to go against um talking about the plot or whatever i think there's some plot points we'll touch on inevitably but I'm just going to ask you a question, or rather two questions. What did you learn from the show? What was your immediate takeaway after finishing the show? That was probably the most realistic thing I've ever watched. I, I thought it was mm. incredibly realistic. So it was quite profound. And I think it's a perfect portrayal of what life is truly like. If you want me to be completely honest, because it'd be very easy for them to do the whole, like, not be raw and honest and do the whole happily ever after thing and, you know, make us feel good, which would be nice, of course, because <laughs> you obviously want to escape. Yeah. Sometimes television and film is an escape from reality. But I kind of like it that they did it in this way because it's, it's kind of realistic. It's, it's genuinely realistic. Mm. It, do you remember? I don't know if you watched Euphoria. But when what the first Rue, season? like relapse, yeah, when Rue relapsed, when Rue was having that moment, mm-hmm. um, 
at the end of the first season going into the second and she was relapsing that, that's realistic that's that happens mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that happens and as much as it's important that we show stories of when people beat their addictions and addictions is a journey you're gonna have moments where you're gonna want to slip up but some people persevere through it's also important to show the the reality of other people's journey of addiction which is that you're gonna stumble a few times before you reach the end goal and yeah it was but it was really sad though Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really 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 sad I I feel for Costello more and more now I I don't think I'm gonna stop thinking about her as a character. Oh, okay. Because I I genuinely feel for her, and she was never giving a fair ride from the beginning. But then that's life mm. for some people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought it was quite profound. I don't know. What did you think? Um, just on that point, just to go something. I was watching it, and like I mentioned obviously previously, I've never really seen much of Daisy Me Cooper. I saw her in the two seasons of Avenue 5, which has just been very broad, or two very broad characters in terms of the comedy. I don't think I would ever see her in anything else and not see Costello first. I don't think I would ever see her on TV and not, like, think of Costello, just the way you were saying. I think she's forever going to be Costello to me. Like, this is just such a very, very riveting performance. Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's realistic. This is something that we've kind of come back to since we spoke about the first episode there's a point in episode seven when she's talking to the woman who can pay her bills and she's she she says a combination of words that i think only people who live in the uk actually understand and she's like i can't remember what she said i think she says, if you can't afford it you can come with me to the londis and i'll i'll, I'll pay for the lecky and it's just like it's just it's like it's the combination of the londis the lecky just like that is so particular i'm just like i know so british i know what you're talking about well it's like it, it to americans it probably just be gibberish like, like it just goes over there but like it's just yeah but it's, and it's just being realistic without trying to be it it's just exact um yeah like it's it's not a great time it's there are points in watching the finale where i felt bad for people that i know who have come to me and like they started watching rain dogs because like we're covering it or because like they saw us talking about it i felt i was like do i feel bad that they're watching this show now because of us because like it's not it's not a good ride it's not a fun ride it's a great ride it's not a fun ride um but yes, no, okay, so the question I asked, the reason I asked you what did we learn and uh, was really hopefully to get your your response, which was of how it's just very realistic and I don't want to say something like the kind of stories nobody tells because whatever, but like it's a, it's a story that is probably underrepresented and the story of of love and obviously the story between Costello and Iris, but a story of a larger love, which brings us to that road trip um, of a hundred pest stops, where Costello's friends and really family gather like the Avengers to come and and, and save her. And you have Selby and um, oh, I've forgotten his name. That's so weird. It was right there in my head just now. <laughs> like I literally had it before I said Selby, and then I lost it. This is also weird. Um, but yeah, we know we're talking about the perfect. And Gloria, um, all trying to like overcome their own shit to go help sell um Costello because Iris has told Selby over the phone that that she's drinking again. 
Um, do you want to start with that, or do you want to just maybe start with Costello and her relapse and her breakdown? So the suicide or the other one? Okay. We can do everything. Yeah, yeah, basically, yes. The suicide or the other one. Um, I'll go with suicide. Okay. So this was quite hard for me to watch mm. because I literally, literally had this similar thing happen at work two weeks ago. Wow. So I wasn't expecting it. You know, that's what the title like. I'm like, what the heck does this mean? And then I was watching it and I was like, I started to clock. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, there were, man. There were points. There were points because of the show we had watched where I was just, I was like dubious about whether the show was going to do it. Like, I was like, are they actually going to do this? Like, like, I was just like, is this actually about to happen? Is, the, is she actually going to? Because obviously <laughs> the show we've watched for the past seven episodes is not it's not like it's not a happy time so i was like it's very possible for this show to actually pull the trigger what would be the point of that what would they be trying to say about that but yeah sorry i cut you off continue no that's fine yeah because um i actually watched this episode on iplayer because obviously for those who don't know in the uk rain dogs dropped all the episodes on iplayer like by colleague literally sent me a text i was like are they being serious (laughs) yeah it's a very random drop i was like okay very random all right so there was a trigger warning for suicide, but I thought oh, maybe it's okay. suicidal. Yeah, but I didn't think it would, I thought it would be suicidal ideations, you know, in discussions, because it comes up regardless. If you discuss mm-hmm. about suicide, you're going to have to do a trigger warning. Okay. So I wasn't expecting it still. Then it happened and I was like, oh. <laughs> and oh. to be honest, it, it, I'm trying to be very careful how I word this sentence. I understand why she resorted to that. Yeah. Like, I, I understand because mm-hmm. she, the job didn't, jobs, um, she didn't go well. Terrible, in fact. Mm-hmm. There's no twice. prospects, twice. There's no prospects available. You're in the middle of nowhere. Not where you wanted to be. You've mm-hmm. relapsed. And you feel... Like when you're in a headspace or where you feel like you can't, um, like, how do I put this in a sentence? Like where you can't, when you don't have the, so for example, like Brancoli, I'll, I'll give a perfect example, right? So say like, mm-hmm. I think you're a great person and I think you're amazing. You've got amazing things going through genuinely, like I'm being completely oh, honest, but then you may not feel that way about yourself. And I can say that to you until the trumpet sounds and Jesus comes, but if you mm-hmm, don't believe mm-hmm. in it, nothing will come as a result of it. That's what makes mental health incredibly difficult because everyone around you could be holding their arms out, but you know that you won't get anywhere or accept that handout until you believe in yourself that you're worthy of that help. Mm-hmm. And with Costello, like if you've been programmed to think by, especially how your mother treated you, that you're not of any worth, you obviously internalize that and she's realized I'm relapsing. There's no hope. I'm not going to get anywhere. I don't even feel that great about myself. How am I going to be able to do something for my daughter? So I completely understand also why she took that, why that route was there. And I think she was completely lying to herself. And I'm happy that Selby told her, like, when she said, oh, you know, I wasn't actually going to do it. I'm like, girl, like, if they left you, mm-hmm. if they left you there, you would have died. Mm-hmm. She would have died. It's a very dangerous 
watched her way of doing it is very dangerous. Don't do that, please, guys. Don't do it, period, but don't do it. Don't do that. Be very careful about your mixing of stuff. So, yeah, it was. I completely got why she went there, if that makes any mm. sense. And I was very happy that June and everyone got to her quickly before the worst have happened because... I think I was actually having this conversation with one of my friends yesterday because we both work in mental health. Lenny. Was saying, his name is Lenny. There, there yeah, that's is. it. Sorry, Lenny, the guy yeah. with the, the thing in his nose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need to come back to it. Me and my best friend were having this conversation yesterday. She works in mental health as well. And we were saying that, can you imagine, like, I always wonder, like, there's the person who tries to commit suicide and it fails and how they feel afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But do you know what I mean? Like you've written the note, you've done everything, and it doesn't work. Like how do you come back? There's now now there's a trauma of that. These people are family, so now I have to live for them. So it adds a layer of guilt there. Mm-hmm. So that's why mm-hmm. I'd actually I'd be interested in a season two to see how she deals with it. Even though they ended on a note where I can leave and they can leave it there. But I'd be very mm-hmm. intrigued to see how she copes with it because there's a level of guilt of knowing you survived the suicide attempt and you know that feeling may arise and could continue to arise again until you obviously receive help for it and even then it may come in bouts of like moments where it will come in and out but how do you then like look at people in the eye and now these people have found me so I have to live for them despite how I'm feeling that's why that's why I'd be interested in a season two only for that to see how she deals with that because now you have to kick the habit Mm -hmm. of addiction and now you have to live these people forced yeah. you to throw up everything. Yeah. Um, you watch on iPlayer, so maybe you had subtitles on. There are no subtitles on the screen as we have. So, so I'm not really sure. What, I, I, I couldn't really tell what she said to, or rather what Iris said to her when Iris ran to hug her. Was the assumption that Iris knew what she tried to do? Is that, is that how you read that scene? So, sort of, yeah. Sort of, yeah. Hmm. I think... Because I had, I didn't actually have the subtitles on for most of the show. I completely forgot I was watching. I felt like I was watching it on the screener again. The screener, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, I can subtitle it. So I did it too late. <laughs> I did it for the last, like, you know, the conversation she has with Figgy at the end when they're on the beach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's where I had the subtitles yeah. on. Because I completely forgot. I thought I was watching it on the screen and I thought, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> um... You mentioned this, I might as well just talk about it quickly because I have it on my notes as well about the way the show ends. I can't really tell if they plan on having a second season or not. Um, mm-hmm. It does It does have the vibe of, of like a one and done. Like we've told yeah. the story we wanted to tell. Um, but also one that like, they're like, oh, we want to do a second season. Like you can, like you just mentioned, there are threads to pull. Um I guess the second season will probably then mean, okay, now we are working towards having these guys be good. Like, having them be healthy. Like, it's not... Because the first season, even though in a place of hopefulness, it's still... They're still very much quite messed up. Mm. And they're all going through the things they're going through. Although, they're a lot more hopeful than they were when the show started. Um, there's also the... Like, the undercurrent, just thinking now that fact that, like... Um, Selby's dad tried to kill himself several times and then eventually succeeded. So, like, he probably has his own trauma with with, with, with suicide. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I guess then, when I was watching the show, there were, I could see just, like, I was, I was always kind of, like, 
um, Doctor Strange. I could see the different pathways that the show could take. I could see the show actually like making her go through with it, and maybe they they become too late, or hopefully like or the version they took, which is obviously them getting there just in time. Um, let's talk about them. So, um, Costello's situation forces three people who don't. Or rather, two people who don't like Selby to join Selby on a road trip, and even though we know that, like, it's not as if Selby has has been healed, because after what a couple of months in the hospital, you can tell that he's, even though he's still avoiding taking accountability for his actions, you can tell that I think he's a lot more self-aware. Is that the right? Is that the right? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. He's, he's more self-aware. Yeah, I'm not saying he's healed or he's better or anything, but he's definitely more self self-aware. <laughs> And I think this crisis has definitely helped him, like, because there's a thing where he helps um, Lenny with his, when Lenny does what he does. And then Gloria was like, that's very nice of you. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not just a total asshole. Like, so I think that road trip kind of opened up some, I don't know, some insights into him, into how good he can be if he actually wanted to commit to do the work and everything. I... If I had any problem with this episode, it would probably that we didn't get much into Gloria's um, state, I guess. And I, I would have liked one final conversation with Costello and Gloria. I felt a bit mm. short-chained. No, we didn't get that. We obviously got one with her and Lenny and one with her and Selby. I just felt like Gloria probably could have had one. But, I mean, there's that scene in the, in the motel room where she feels the baby kicking and... and I think that's the moment where she's like, oh, wow, I'm actually doing this. Like, I'm actually building a human body inside me and I'm actually going to be a mother and I hope I'm good at it and all that. So, and so yeah, that was just like, I think it was just, uh, the road trip was a good framing device to be able to just get these guys to say these things to each other and in one hand summarize their stories over the last seven episodes, but also just kind of give them the kind of affirmations that they need and the kind of, support that they need going forward and also meant on bridges um one of the nice things she says is when she says as a human being you're intolerable but as a dad you you, you do your best which is obviously mirrored by the fact that lenny Elia says yeah you're going to be there for the fun time but are you going to be there when when iris needs you on a wednesday morning or when the the pipe is blocked like are you, are you going to do the, the work the hard work and it's interesting that he offers to stay at the end Right, he doesn't. He doesn't offer them to come back to his like rich life, or he offers to stay in this poverty-stricken landscape where he would have Dump. to, yeah, where he would have to deal with the pipes and have to be there on a Wednesday morning. So, uh, yeah, I just like I'm rooting for these kids. I'm rooting for all all six or seven who are the characters of of this show. Just really, I'm rooting for the boy who whose mom ran away and he's just here watching movies with his grand his grandma. And wants to be a director. I'm I'm rooting for him as well. Like, yeah, just like it goes back to what we said in the first episode about how everyone just feels like a real character. I just I just really, really want all of them to be fine. I want all of them to just be happy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that we can talk about this quickly, maybe then when we wrap up. Um In I think it was also our first episode on the episodes one and two. I talked about how there's a bit of how my love, my personal love for like stories about ambition, especially creative ambitions, and 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 doing things like that. Um, 
And we know that Costello has a book deal. I saw episode seven and then through some self-sabotage, she loses that. Um, which was obviously, it was inevitable, but still quite depressing to watch. And then she has this conversation with Lenny at the end of episode eight. This is after Iris at the beginning of episode tells her that she needs her to be normal. She says, stop trying to be something all the time. It's hurting both the both of us. And I, th- I felt like, my reading of that, please let me know if you had a different interpretation, but my reading of that was like, she was like, just be a mom. Don't, don't, don't be a writer. Don't be like a published author. Just be like the bare minimum. Just be a mom. Just be the middle of the middle. Which, on one hand, I can understand why Iris, the daughter, would want that. But on the other hand, you can be like, you can cast up like, I have to be more than that. Like, I can't, I can't live my life just being the median. Like that cannot be the point of this life. And so surely someone who believes that she has this talent in her and she believes that she has this, she has something to say, she has something to do. So I don't know. Did you have a different interpretation of that that thing from from Iris, which was quite heartbreaking to me? I think when she says, don't promise us, just try. It was just, I was like, oh, Iris. Yeah, I think, oh, I think what Costello, Costello has this thing where she, I think my general life advice, I can't believe I'm going all psychologist, therapist here, and I'm not even at work. But <laughs> my general advice for people generally, I think, when it comes to, especially when you've got people dependent on you, whether it's a, a sibling or like a daughter or a child or just people generally in relationships and stuff, I think people have a tendency to overpromise and overcommit, mm. thinking that's what the person needs. When it's like, as long as, as Iris says, as long as you try, Mm-hmm. It doesn't because Costello has this thing where I've got to promise her the world and stuff, and that's not what Iris. What like you know, people make a natural assumption of, oh, I've got to do this and this and this and this because that's what I think this person wants, rather than just generally asking, what does that person want from you? Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. Iris, I think she just wants her mum to be there and to try. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's the, the that's the disconnect in most human connections regardless of the relationship I think people have a a presumption of what someone else wants and rather than just asking the person what do you want from me and if she just asked her daughter you know what what do you want like then I think Iris would have said to her like what she said to her already like what she just said which is that I just want you Mm -hmm. to try don't make a promise you can't keep just be just be normal Mm -hmm. like just because I think she can't see I think the issue we have with kids, I think we forget that they're little human beings as well. They have their thoughts, their opinions and their perspective of things. And I think there's a tendency to think you know more than what they want. When if you just ask them, what what do you mm. want? Then I think she would have gotten herself out of a lot of more trouble because a lot of the situations she finds herself in is because she's presumed what her daughter wants rather than actually just having a normal conversation with her and just asking, you know what, we're both in this situation together. What do you want out of this? Mm. and hearing iris out that's why i was happy iris actually said that to her because costello needed to hear that i just want you to try if you try and you stumble but i know you're trying then i don't really care because you're putting the effort in and that's all she wants um so yeah i think it shows it i hate the miscommunication trip but i think in this it works because yeah I think Cost- yeah i don't I think even... yeah I don't even know. I think calling the miscommunication trope might even be a bit unfair because it's just life. Yeah, like you said, it's just the normal thing. Like, you're the mother, you feel like... I, I don't even think it's like... 
it's not only assuming what Iris wants, it's just trying to give her the best. Yeah, yeah. But then Iris, like you said, is just a child and she doesn't she doesn't want the best or or she doesn't care about having the best right now. She just wants to have a mother and have someone. Like she's probably this is this might be a bit twisted and demented, but she's probably never happier than when she's running from the cab like with her mom because she's she's like doing that with her mom like as opposed to staying with the neighbor upstairs while her mom is either writing or drinking or whatever so it's like she just wants to have a mom that's that's there with her um but she tells her you don't have to be something just be normal and that flows into the end of the episode where um costello tells lenny she's like who am i to think i could be something that's just arrogant like um and then lenny replies the problem is that you don't know your place um which is a good thing and it's like it's, it's something people know and it kind of follows all these kind of shows about ambition or creative ambition be it whiplash or social network or tar or whatever or even babylon it's like you kind of have to be a little bit crazy just to do some of these things. You have to be arrogant. You have to like yeah, you've not, got to not be... know your place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I feel like creatives, I, I say this with so much love in my heart because my brother's one, but you've got to have a little madness in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's either the madness, and but then with, but you've got to harness it. Yeah. Like Damien Chazelle's brain, I don't think it's normal. But he uses it in a way that makes sense. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I didn't even notice that I just mentioned I, two Chazelle films, like when I was going through that list. Yeah, because I'll even bring up And honestly honestly, it goes through First Man and, and La La Land as well. The, the the stupidity of ambition. Like that's not it's just it's actually exactly. a running theme of Chazelle. Yeah. Exactly like like little Timmy Tim Chalamet, right? <laughs> that ain't a normal brother. That that's not a normal man. But there's a way to harness that madness. Little Timmy Tim. Little Timmy Tim, that's my boy. There's, but there's, there's a way to harness it. Mm-hmm. Like you've always got to have, like, everyone's, like, creators have this little thing about them that makes them tick. Like, I think Beyonce is probably one of the most fascinating people to ever exist. I think her brain must be a fascinating place to be because the way she thinks of concepts and mm. art and music and even routines and performances. But there's a way to, and she harnesses it. And she obviously extrapolates it in what she does. So I think, Costello, yeah, there's a screw loose in there. Of course there is. I think we all have one. Like, we're all a few sandwiches short of a picnic. But I think we all are. (laughs) But I think she just needs to find a way to harness that properly. And I think for her, my advice is Costello and me, we're in therapy. I think what I'd even say to her is give yourself a break. Mm. She mm-hmm. puts so much pressure on herself to be perfect when no one is asking you to be perfect. No one's expecting you to be perfect. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to want to drink. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's normal. Like you're gonna have you've been using that as a self-coping mechanism for a long time. I think she sort of punishes herself for wanting to do it. And I'm like, no, that's the normal feeling. Where the thing comes in is stopping yourself from wanting to do it. So if, imagine if I was addicted to eating chocolate every single time something happens to me. There's nothing wrong with wanting chocolate if something bad happens to me. The thing is, is about how do I stop myself from eating it? If this, like going against my own want 
that's where she I think I would tell her just give yourself a break man I want to give her a hug and be like you know what girl you're a lot better than you think you are you're a good person who deserves good things stop pressurizing yourself to be perfect no one's asking you to be perfect not Selby not Gloria not Lenny even not your daughter the only person who's wanting you to be perfect is yourself because you think everyone wants you to be perfect because I think she keeps thinking if she's perfect then no one that that, like everyone will sort of be like yeah she's she's all right but I'm like no it's unrealistic you were addicted Mm -hmm. to alcohol and stuff for a long time it'd be very normal if you saw a bottle of wine and something happens to you you'd want to drink it like it's very normal um she's only 36 she's just too young to be perfect um well I mean like obviously like it's obvious that everything goes down to the original scene of her trauma which is obviously her mom um, assaulting her it's like you feel like you did something wrong and if you were uh, back to the word perfect if you're perfect then maybe that won't have happened to you maybe you need to be perfect to avoid things like that happening to you the rest of your life um i'm always going to root for the creative i'm always going to root for the person that is that doesn't like like lenny says that doesn't know her place and that but that's a good thing like i we get the impression that she's going to continue writing. She's going to try and make it work. Um, which is, again, like I said, if this show was to go beyond the first season and then go on, then it would probably be... It'd probably be along those lines. I feel... I'm, I'm not saying she wouldn't become... Like, the show wouldn't become The White Lotus. But it would probably become a bit more successful in her, in her efforts. Like, she'll probably get some wins and not just taking L's every, every week. Um... So that could be, I, mean, I don't, I think it would probably build more on the hopefulness than on the despair for if they're doing future seasons. Um, just because of the way it's framed. And I think obviously a lot of this is, if not autobiographical, like taken from, from Cash Carraway's life. So, but yeah, I don't know. I, I really, again, I come back, every, I never, I, I come back, I never every episode afraid to use this word, but I really enjoyed the show. I, it was a weird show because normally when I'm doing when I'm doing shows like this, I try to schedule them close together. I don't like spacing out shows that I'm watching because I just feel like it loses the. Even though I've obviously I've said I don't I don't love a binge, but like I don't want to spend like two weeks between an episode. I feel like it loses the momentum. Like I think five six days is the right yeah. time. But like but like for Rain Dogs, I was okay. Like um, there's so many recordings that we, guys just had sausage was made made but a lot lots of recordings that you and i push back just like oh can we do this next week or something just because of life or we haven't seen the episode but like it was fine for me like i was fine coming back in after two weeks i don't know if it was maybe <laughs> maybe because of the heaviness of the material i was like you know what i'm good i'm good taking a week off to focus on other, other things uh which is very rare for me like normally i would like to do my recordings in a very structured manner every so and so day every five days every six days but yeah so like this was and it just I just kept on feeling the momentum. Um, we didn't talk about it actually, but I just love the fact that like Costello just could not be a debt collector. Like she just she tried. I was actually tried. She just couldn't go be like against her morals. I was like that was just I just bless you, bless you, Costello. Uh, appearance by Carl Pilkins in there, which was I, I didn't expect to see him here. Um, I don't know. Do you, this is going to find final time we talking about Rain Dogs unless it comes up in our top 10 list end of the year but like do you have any final thoughts on rain dogs the show the performances i think it's a brilliant 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 show 
Um, I think if I'm HBO, I'm pushing Daisy May, Daisy May Cooper. And who played Selby? I'm pushing those two in award season. If I'm going to be completely honest, mm. I'd push mainly Daisy. I'd push her because that was haunting, that performance. I hope people are watching it. Like people, people that I vote. Hope, I really hope people watch it and I really hope that they really push for it and do the necessary promo because I think what Daisy... And Daisy's one of the funniest people. Like, she's very a far cry from this character. She's incredibly mm. hilarious. She's funny. Not that Costello isn't, but she's a very positive, upbeat person. So for her to really sink her teeth into something like this and... I think also it's a good I think there's a misconception of what British life is truly like um, we've <laughs> yeah. not had like a decent cause I think most of our greatest exports in terms of shows are usually like Downton Abbey or like Line of Duty like our Cop Gander shows which are great Cop Gander <laughs> but it's great um, we don't really our shows like you know Skins and stuff like, like it used to back in the day they're not mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. they're not you know as popular anymore so it I think it's a good showing to an international audience that actually this is genuinely what life is like in Britain for most obviously maybe not to the extent of addiction but the general poverty nature of it the Mm -hmm. reality of what it's actually like to live here Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty accurate because I think most people are watching you and I'm like yeah no our lives are not like those in that new season of you it's more likely (laughs) very similar to the lives that Gloria and all these lot are living here yeah like that's reality so I think it's brilliant I'd really obviously it's probably going to be pushing for a limited I'd push it for a limited series sort of win not win I sort of promote it I'll push for it in award season if I was HBO and BBC Mm. I'd go all out and pushing for it don't do a season two it ends on a note that's okay I'm quite happy with it ending there. Um, I don't think it, it would be interesting to see season two, but yeah, I don't I mean, think there's any necessary need. Yeah, we're record we're recording this a few a couple of weeks before well the episode comes out. This episode comes out. So I think maybe by the time this episode comes out we would have a better idea of what their plans are regarding a second season or anything. I I don't know, I'm still just very intrigued to know how it's doing, how it's because like it's I don't see it trending, which is obviously never, it's not like it doesn't the way to know if a show is popular. But like when I click on like the Rain Dogs hashtag, for example, I see people are really engaging it with it, especially in America, because obviously it came out in the UK a bit later. Um, so I know the people that watch it are definitely, and it's one of those shows that you know people that watch it will definitely have strong opinions about it. And it, it it's quite similar to the tour. I don't know if you watch The Tourist, it has um, Jamie Dornan in it. No, um, I didn't watch it, but I think you put it. I think you put it up before. Yeah, so the tourist basically went under the radar for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then became quite popular. Weirdly, after like a few weeks, because it's just come out in the UK, it'd be very interesting. Because obviously, you know, Gogglebox that show in the UK. Yeah. Where the people you watch people watch TV, I think mm-hmm, a lot of mm-hmm. people sort of get their TV wrecks from Gogglebox and stuff so it'd be quite really? interesting in that... the next couple of weeks <laughs> yeah because sometimes I would have like I didn't oh. even know what the tourist was 
And then I was watching Google. Like sometimes on Googlebot, they'll show a show. I'm like, oh, I've not seen that before. That's quite interesting. And you end up watching it. Like, you know, The Fool or Netflix. Yeah. Like, I wasn't even going to watch it. And then I saw these guys react to it. I thought, oh, okay. That's interesting. I'll have a watch So Googlebox is basically popcorn for dinner. Essentially, yes. Oh, Essentially, okay. yes. That's, that's so it'd be quite that'll, interesting to that'll see. That'll be on our vision board. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it'd be quite interesting to see the push because now it's come out in the UK. I'm guessing Daisy and stuff, and maybe they'll start doing the promotion push here. I mean, hopefully, um, it, the drop in the UK was very weird. It was just like middle of the night. HBO does that a lot with BBC iPlayer. They did that with industry. Mm, yeah. I, yeah, it's like, I don't know, but I mean, from everything I've read, or listen to about HBO. I know that they don't like, they don't care. Not obviously everybody cares, but like they don't care that much about popularity. That's not going to decide their decisions for them. No, um, for them it's about the quality of content. Yeah, they do. They do House of the Dragon and White Lotus, which obviously wasn't too popular at the beginning. But they do White House of the Dragon so that they can do Irene Dogs. Um, so like, uh, yeah. If I think. Critically, I think from what I've like the reviews I've, I read as the season was going on, were definitely more on the po- way more positive than on the negative. So yeah, I mean, it'd probably be up to Daisy and Cash Caraway whether they want to do a second season. And I'm sure HBO will be like, like what is this? It's, first of all, it's a co-production, so it's a lot cheaper than doing a HBO Max show. That's for HBO and BBC. And then it's like it's, it's, there are no dragons in this show, so there are no there are no helicopter drone shots. So like it's probably going to be a lot cheaper than. Than making other HBO shows, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, okay, Actually, so, I don't, I don't even think they need a season two. Do you know what I think they should do? I think they should give. Um, do you know the sort of contract they gave? Um, what was, what was it ABC that gave um, Quinta? I think they just give Daisy May Cooper. HBO should just say to Daisy May Cooper, whatever you want to do, yeah, or we'll, we'll fund it. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because I, I feel like I don't know if this. This country was was it a co-production? With HBO? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, like like I said, she was on Avenue Five, which was a HBO production. Uh, so she probably already has the um, HBO connection. I mean, yeah. Look, we don't. The reason I said is like the reason I'm talking about season two is because maybe that's how they envisioned it. Maybe they have a three season plan for this. Like I don't think this this doesn't feel like kind of show that they're like, oh, this is a one season show. And then they see the reviews. I'm like, oh, let's make a second season. I don't really think that's how it will work. I think it's either be they plan for it to be a one season or they plan to be for it to be a three, four season. And they're like, let's see how people feel about it before we go ahead. So I don't think it's one of those shows that, this is not Big Little Lies. It's not even White Lotus. It's not a show that they're going to change their mind. Um, like, because it, 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 it has too much. It, it's, 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 the move will give you whiplash. It's too much of a of a jerk to be like, oh, let's actually make this a three season show. Yeah. Even though that's not what we planned. Yeah, I think it's not that, it's not that kind of show to do it for. So, yeah, I'm just saying if they plan on doing more than one season, there's obviously a way there. If not, I'm fine with this. Anyway, um, are you okay with that? Is that a good point to end? Yeah, I think it's a great point to end. Okay. Well, guys, if you liked Priscilla covering the show with me over the course of this season oh Priscilla so we've done obviously we did you start of the year and we've done this I think this is this might be it for a while because now you're going to you're going to have to do the film podcast with Jess um I might make one or two appearances there because you know I'm going to be coming to talk about family and the, the Toronto <laughs> family <laughs> when Pastor Furious drops so I always I'll 
uh, sneak my my head in there for a bit. But guys, please, please go listen to them talk about films that should be coming out. That is coming out in a couple of days, in a few days. Um, yeah, the plan is to talk about films that are in cinemas right now. We have some games, game episodes planned. Um, so yeah, please, please, please check out our podcast, subscribe. Um, yeah, and just I don't know. Follow us on all podcast platforms. Popcorn for dinner is the cinema podcast. And yeah, join us next week when we'll be joined by the one.